Hi everyone, we are the Renegades. This is episode 17 of the FPL Renegades podcast. My name is Drew. We're here recording on Tuesday the 26th of March. And as always, I'm joined by my good pal, Willie. How are you, Willie? Well, Drew, happy to be here. How are you getting on? Good, good. Uh, it's been too long. It's been a while now, a few weeks since we did this. and Way too long. Yeah, it, it had turned into a little routine and a little ritual on a Tuesday. It broke up the week. But I did enjoy two weeks off. Did you? Oh, Jess, it was fucking great. I was like, you're like, oh, it's been too long. But just I don't know about that. I was like, there's, there's more to life than FPL. Like, there was Cheltenham, there was the players, there was just having your own life back. Like, sometimes I think we get a bit obsessed with this whole thing. Like, and it's not to be all and end all. I fully agree. And when you say we get a little bit obsessed, a pair of people who, in the kind of wide, the greater scheme of things are kind of less obsessed than a lot of people on Twitter. So if we're obsessed, what are they like? Everybody else. Yeah, I just look at some of the stuff and I'm just like, just like Jesus, lads. Because I, I took two full weeks off FPL and FPL Twitter. I logged out of the Renegades account. I logged into my own account. And it, it was just really refreshing to be able to see other things like other sports, other news events, just random stories and just not see people moaning about their FPL teams. Yeah, just lads just take it way too serious. It's like, it's just, I know so, like sometimes you're looking at it and you're like, did you probably want to hear this, but like, it's a bit sad really, lads, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> This is a great start to an FPL team yeah. podcast. We're just... Uh, how, how, how to gain followers, yeah. <laughs> how to gain followers. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it yeah. was nice, but it is nice to get back into it. And yeah. and I'm kind of excited about it now, so I am. Like, I'm really looking forward to this double game week. I think that like there's massive gains to be made here. Hopefully, yeah. And I'm on such a decline. I've just kind of dropped like a stone the last few weeks. So I think I needed that break. But- I was I was just going to say that like you're like like always so high in the rankings you're always like taking the piss out of me I was like I'm never going to get in your rib I was like I think I could stay at the same ranking I'm at and probably still pass you out between now and the end of the season like I know, what's going I, on I probably deserve it as well uh, the old cockiness has come back to haunt me it was bound to eventually yeah but uh, you just have to remember there's like fucking 4.2 million people playing this and like uh once you're within the top 100k, it's it's pretty impressive, really. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for me. <laughs> right. Not, not this one, none of this 1% bullshit. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're back in it. I logged back into the Renegades Twitter there and was just bombarded yeah. with free hit team upon free hit team. Uh, I caught yeah, the end people moaning about blank game week 31 and it was like, right, we're back with a bang. We're, we're right into the middle of FPL Twitter again. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's going to be fun from here, isn't it? Yeah, and um, we probably should just say this is our first ever remote podcast. Uh, first time we're not meeting up. I can't see your angry little face moaning about <laughs> that disappointed you. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting how the technology holds up. Hopefully that's okay. And look, I, I really do live in the sticks now, so like, let's not get too hopeful about this. I know the old internet isn't too kind out where you live, but sure, <laughs> it's a selfless act. This is just for our fans, not for us. Usually, it's yeah. just for us on a Tuesday, an excuse to meet up, Used have a few, get out of the house. This is just pure selflessness. Three pints of creamy Guinness, like that is just epic. Now it's like we're just we're just doing it for the fans. We're nerds. 
or FPL. Yeah, <laughs> FPL nerds. That should be a name for a new podcast, I think, Drew. God, uh, I don't think we come close, to be honest now. Um, we, we couldn't do that tag justice. Now, before yeah. we start, because we haven't met up, we usually get to chat about some sort of running order, but we've nothing now. We're just going to wing it and give our thoughts on, on Game Week 32, free hits, etc. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of Game Week 32, free hits and all that, I have a question for you, Willie. Yeah. Will you be playing... Norwegian FPL, which if you read Twitter, it looks like it's actually going to overtake normal FPL in popularity because every man and his dog is setting up a, an elite Serian team, a mini league. Do you have any interest in this new game? Uh, lads are going mad for it. No, but before I talk about um, playing the elite Serian league, I just want to talk about how great Norway is. Like, it's been ranked the best place in the world to live 12 years in a row. It's top of the human development index. That ranks uh, health, life expectancy, education, and high in- high incomes. They're pretty nice things to be number one in, Drew. They are. Hello, and welcome to Willie's Economics and <laughs> Lifestyle Podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say for my um, MA, my mo- I did a module during my MA in Human Development Index, and do you know what it taught me? Go on. Norway is fucking deadly. <laughs> now as deadly as Norway is I can't think of anything worse than playing Norwegian FPL and that's not a slight on the Norwegian league the Norwegian people or Norway as a country just what's the point in playing a league where you don't speak the language it's all in Norwegian probably can't name one player you you only know a handful of the clubs because you accidentally clicked into the Norwegian league on football manager and it just seems like it just wouldn't be fun to anyone who's not Norwegian. What do you think? Drew, I think that football is the international language. <laughs> I think that. Like, <laughs> no, a lot of these guys, look like the rest of us, they're, they're addicted to FBL. They want to have something to do during the summer. There's no uh, World Cup this year. There's no um, European Championship. So I think if they're just feeding their addiction. Like, if it was 10 years ago, I think that I probably would play this. But now I... I have a life, so I probably won't. Okay, maybe maybe it's just me. Like I could somewhat understand it if it was one of the the big leagues, like the Bundesliga, Syria, La Liga, or even MLS. Just because we know a lot of the marquee players, it's all done in English. It'd just be a lot easier. It just seems like it's going to be a lot of effort. Bradley White Phillips. Exactly, and like Zlatan and Rooney and, you know, even the likes of that. Can you name me one marquee player in Norway? No, although I do love that guy, uh, Grandfist, you know, the centre half. He was their top scorer in, in their top scorer in, in the last year. Centre yeah. half that takes the penalty. I don't think he plays in the Elitazarian, though. Yeah, now, just from my experience on FPL Twitter, I just don't think lads are going to be able to handle... Uh, Norwegian FPL like the Norwegians are already crushing us at our own game stealing all our points but like they all Mm. speak English they have access to match of the day to websites with loads of articles loads of stats I just think it's going to be very hard for us to get similar for the Norwegian league and like you have lads crying every week when their FPL team does rubbish or when they they spunk their triple captainship on Leroy Sané like if they if they blow that on Torbjorn Anderson or someone, they're just going to like crack up. I just don't see the fun of it. They're, not, they're just not going to cope, are they? 
What's I don't that? think so. For people's mental well-being, I just our four followers, I urge you, don't play the elite Syrian FPL this year for your own health. Make a break in the yeah, summer. But then, Drew, there's thing like the the rich uncle shit, like that, like that could that nearly got me in there now when I seen that three hit <laughs> with a limited budget. I was like, that was that was doing it for me. I suppose it does sound kind of app. I think it kind of sounds stupid, actually. It's just a tip where you can pick whatever team you want, and is everyone not just going to pick all the best players and it be the same, and everyone just breaks even that week? No, because like 80, 90% of people are dopes and they're just going to do random shit. Like it's the same with this double game week. Everybody's like, oh, everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone's playing the template team. Like that's like the majority of people on Twitter. I'd say probably 20% of people will probably play their, their free hit this week. And like the other 80% might just have four players and get like all single game week players and get like 40, 50 points. I think there's like massive gains to be made this week. Fair enough. And I'll come back to that. I think you make a good point. I'll come back to that when we actually get into FPL. I'm not ready to get yep. into FPL just yet. I'm enjoying uh, no. Norwegian FPL. Now, before we get on, just as a little test to see how we might fare at that game, I want to play a little yep. game, Willie, called... Oh, God. You didn't tell me about this. Called Norwegian Roulette. Now, I'm going to oh. name a Norwegian player, past or present, then you have to name one. And then when one of us can't, the other one wins. So, oh God. you go first. I'm going to go for the greatest Norwegian player of all time. There's only one John Carew. Okay. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ronnie Janssen. Uh, Risa. Uh, this is not good. Nor- oh, oh, I was going to say Risa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ivan Leonardson, was he Norwegian? It was, yeah. Um, who's that young guy that went to... Is it Martin Odegaard or someone? Odegaard. He went to... He went. To, he was at Real Madrid, wasn't he? I think he might be yeah. there. I think he played this game, yeah. Um, oh, I got a good one. I got a really good one. Man likes to take a penalty. Mr. Joshua King. He's English. Is he? No, not funny, man. Who was the, the big... Ch- uh, Tor... Oh, Andre Flo, is it? Tor Andre Flo. Um, Jesus. Jesus, you're putting me under pressure now. Uh, I, have we said Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? He was my first pick, son. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It has to be someone else. Um, Big center half for Fulham. What the fuck was his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, Breda Hangeland. I've got another one as well. I hope you don't get the next one. Um, the Swindon guy when Swindon were terrible in the Premier League. Uh, oh! Jan, Jan Agafjortoft. Yeah, really good. And I have one. Roy Keane tried break his leg, I think. Or no, did he try break Roy Keane's leg? Alf Inge Haaland. Was he Norwegian? Oh, maybe he wasn't. I think he was. No, yeah, no, he was. Cool. We we can check this afterwards. Um, the the Liverpool guy. Um, oh, who was the big fat guy with a nice left foot? Uh, Jan Malby. No, or maybe that Bjornaby. Oh, Stigging maybe... Bjornaby. Yeah, yeah. I have another one. One of our friends, little Davy Cannon, loved this guy. Oh, Martin yeah. Gamp Pedersen. How do we forget him? I nearly forgot him. 
Uh, Henningberg. Henningberg, good one. Um, he sounds more Swedish, but he's Norwegian. Uh, I'm pretty I, much. Cool. I'm running out. If you get one here, I'm stuck. Luck. Um. Uh. Do 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 do. This is a complete guess. Oh. Oh, who's I, that guy at Villa that, that scored that goal and his, his trousers dropped? Do you remember? And then he meant back off to the to Norwegian You're going to have to call five, four, uh, three, two, 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 two. Uh, no, 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 two, no, 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 no. Oh, you meant Sarla from Crystal Palace. Sarla, the fucking Lord of the Rings guy. Is he Norwegian, yeah? Oh, I don't shit. know. Hey. Sounds fucking Norwegian. Right, I'm definitely checking this at the end. I think you're cheating. Is your man Vegard Pegum Norwegian? Is he Danish? The guy with the bleach hair for Liverpool. Defensive. Yeah, yeah I think he could have been. Right, Willie, I think yeah. we're going to call it a draw and we can probably say that we might actually come one and two in Norwegian FPL. I can, we will say we're both really sad individuals. <laughs> Right, let's get stuck into game week 32. Um, what I want to do is we're going to talk briefly about the double game weeks themselves. So what teams are playing, who they're playing. We'll discuss their main options and then we might discuss our own free hit teams at the end. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds cool. And then can we do our uh, renegade captains and our actual captains? Yeah, we'll do all that. So looking at the double game weeks and... Like everybody knows, there's a handful of teams that have some quality looking doubles. But just for uh, balance, we're going to go through all of them. Right. So just in case there's someone going under the radar or someone, you know, a few enablers that people haven't thought about. Like everybody knows that you should have three City players. Chelsea have a good double game week. Pick a few United players. But if we go through all of them, we might unearth a hidden gem. Even for a hidden gem. diamond, Drew. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Some sort of uh, jewellery pun. Yeah. Right, so right. we'll start with Brighton. And they are going to be playing Southampton at home and Chelsea away. So... Yeah. One good fixture, one bad fixture. Yeah, a few things come into my head when I think of that. You just said it. Southampton at home is a nice fixture. Brighton are good at home. Um, Chelsea away, not a great fixture. But like out of all the big teams, Chelsea are are pretty hit and miss so you never know their stats away from home are actually quite poor Drew like you just don't know when they're going to like they could win that game 4-0 or Chelsea could go and just lose it 2-0 you just don't know what they're going to do and then you have to think Brighton are in the semis of the FA Cup aren't they yeah and that's massive for them have they ever won a major competition I've no idea they sound like the kind of team that might have been okay back in the day so I'm not going to say that they haven't yeah and did they win yeah, they did well in the playoffs. Did they win when they got promoted? Did they win the playoffs that year? I'm not sure. But look, oh, they actually came second. They got promoted at Newcastle they? one and second, actually. But look, they're not completely clear of relegation. That Southampton game is a bit of a, a six pointer to me because I think if if Southampton win, they're level with Brighton on points. Yeah. And the kind of football that they play, Chris Hooten isn't really one to do massive rotation, like, say, like maybe. Wolves or Wofford or teams like that seem to tend to do so just be aware yeah, of that they're both safe as well so it's a little bit different like if Brighton have one or two bad results they're they're right back in that relegation scrap and 
they don't want to do yeah. a win on it and kind of, you know, yeah. put on to the FA Cup and get relegated. Yeah, no, there's no use in that. So, as we're saying, do you want to discuss a, a couple of Brighton players? To me, there's only two that I think are worth considering. Go for it. Well, to me, uh, Matty Ryan, he's always a really good option. I don't know what is easy. Circa 4.4 maybe now. I think he might have dropped 0.1 million because he went off to the Asian Cup. But not only are Brighton quite a defensive team and they're always liable to get a clean sheet, but they can see a lot of shots from outside the box. So Matty Ryan's always liable to get a few good save points. And oh. the other two are the two terrible twins, Duffy and Duff. I think Duffy got a bit of an injury in the Gibraltar game. I don't know how nailed on he is to start. So I think either of them are, are solid options too. They're probably the two obvious options, aren't they? Um, for the reasons that you've mentioned, like Duffy, he has that defensive ability that Brighton have at home, but he's also uh, got that attack and threat. Like everybody knows about yeah. it. He's he's in the box. He, he, he has more touches than anyone in the box for Brighton in a yeah. lot of games. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's as I was saying, like he's often ha- he has more uh, attempts than uh, Glenn Murray in recent weeks. So it's usually him and Matt Doherty at the top of the the defensive tables for like uh, and and Sean Morrison. Don't forget Sean Morrison, but he never ever ever scores. No, and uh, Duffy will be all right because he's starting for Ireland tonight. So unless something oh, happens there, great, that's great to hear. So this, I think he's yeah, I know he's four point seven, and I think Dunk might be four point four, but I I pay the extra 0.3 for Duffy if I was you so would I now you've mentioned the two main guys uh, there's Glenn Murray I think he's a waste of a forward slot uh, the other guy I'd seriously consider is Dale Stevens if you can afford him as your first sub yeah I just want to say a bit on that actually I have uh, Oriel Romeo 4.2 and, and because I don't have my wild card and I'm after getting rid of Rashford and Pogba I'm after losing an insane amount of value so I actually can't afford a 0.1 but if you can afford zero point one more for a uh, first your your first start and sub, I think uh, Dale Stevens is a good option four point three there. Yeah, you know he's probably going to play both games. He's unlikely to get you any attacking returns, but if if you pick eleven players and for whatever reason one of them doesn't play, at least you know you have a guy coming in who's going to play both games. And look, he could fluke an assist, or you yeah. never know. And even a clean sheet, and he, he could have five or six points from the two games there. So. Yeah, so that's Brighton. We'll move on. Uh, Cardiff, this will be short and sweet. They play, they yeah. play Chelsea at home and Man City away. That's a horror double game week. It's absolutely terrible fixtures. But again, I have Connolly and some other waster. I don't know who he is on 3.8. But if I had an extra 0.1, I know who I'd have here. I'd have Chelsea at 3.9. He looks like he's nailed on to play the two games. And again... You just know what he's going to do. Cardiff could always, they could make a clean sheet. So we're highly unlikely, but he's a, a good one to have on your sub bench if you have a 0.1 million to spare. Sounds good. Now, the, the only other person I might look at if you wanted to be different is our boy Camarasa. Like he is yeah, 4.5 million. He's going to play both games. And look, if Cardiff nick anything in those matches, and I don't mean a result, but even a goal, there's a good chance he's going to be involved. He takes penalties. He takes all the free kicks. He takes corners. Definitely, he's going to be involved. If I had uh, if I had money, he'd probably be my first sub. So I would, if I could afford a four point five, four point six, whatever he is now, he's a he's a he's a great option. Cool. Now we'll move on because nobody really wants to hear about Brighton and Cardiff, and um, we we'll go on to Man City. And these are the big dogs of the double game week. 
I think if we were to sit down and make up a double game week, we probably couldn't make one any better than this. Fulham away, Cardiff at home. It's like win the lotto, isn't it? It is like, I don't know if you could have a better one. Like you might throw Huddersfield in there, but I don't know if it improves it or if it's just going to be the same. So look, this has been done to death on Twitter, but if you had to pick three City players, who would be your top three? I might be a bit different. Well, like, are we going to talk about Aguero and Sterling? They're two, just, that's what, there's no point even discussing them. There's no point even discussing their stats. They're like, if you don't have them two in your, in your free hit team, then there's something mentally wrong with you, in my opinion. Right. We, we can talk about them when we get to captains, because it's probably between yeah. one of the two, but who else? Yeah. Well, look, I think most people are saying Laporte. I don't know, he hasn't played the last three. He's, I know he was injured, but... Other lads have come in and done well. Like companies, like I don't know if he's a hundred percent nailed. I think Ederson's a good option at the back, but my problem with Ederson is I think that Man City might even be too good defensive defensively. I think they have a one point three xgi over the last four matches, which means that the max you're going to get from Ederson if he gets a clean sheet is six because they're not conceding any shots, so he's not going to get any save points or any bonuses. So personally, I'm going against the grain. I want three. I want three City attackers here. I just think that they're like. Fulham and Cardiff, like they could just annihilate these teams. They're getting so many shots. They're they're uh, expected goal. They're so much higher than all the other teams in the league. This time to take a risk. This time to find a, a a third city attacker and just take a punt on him. In my opinion, I'm probably leaning uh, towards that way myself. And it's rare That's we fair. agree fully. Like I don't yeah. know if I want Ederson and goals. Uh, there's something in me that doesn't like spending money on a goalkeeper. And even in my free hit team where I can just pick anybody, yeah. I'm still kind of swaying away from the likes of Ederson or Kepa or Lloris. So I'm probably yeah. going to rule him out. Uh, I do have my concerns about Laporte, like you said. 5.9 million, he's a nice way into their back line, but he hasn't played the last three. No. You think... But, uh, just, just to mention that he, I think he got 20 points in the last double game week. So I'd say anyone that has had that in their head and had him in their team will probably like, they'll, they'll feel like they need to put him back in. Like, they'll have good memories. Exactly. Um, before we get on to, I suppose, the elephant in the room, uh, let's talk about the, the Silver Brothers. Do you have any preference yeah. for one of them? Yeah, again, I've seen a lot of stuff about Bernardo on, um, on Twitter. I have a massive preference. And my massive preference is... Dilva, David Silva. I just think he's he's not involved with the Spanish setup anymore. He's after having a massive rest. I think he's actually started. Has he started seven of the last eight games? I think he's played an average of seventy six minutes over the last ten games for Man City. If you're looking at the stats, he's a two point four nine xgi over his last four match, matches. He's had six shots in the box, three big chances, ten chances created, two big chances created. And if you look at his penalty area touches, he's a uh, 38 penalty area touches in the last four matches, which is second among midfielders. So, like, I think he's a really, really good differential that, like, people aren't really mentioning him at all. And I'm happy to give him a shot. He's gone under the radar. Okay, you've made a good case for him over Bernardo. And I presume he's been in the Portuguese setup and won't he's have played, had the same rest. He's played uh, 90 minutes in both the games. So he has. But he actually went there. Uh, he played in a. Uh, kind of a midfield role and I think he actually went up front so he did there for the second half yesterday so I can't okay. see him doing that no now there is a chance he plays wide right but even at that if he's after playing 180 minutes 
his big advantage is he's a million cheaper. So if you're kind of struggling budget wise, yeah, you might lean towards him. Now let let's get to Mister Controversial now. Do we dare give uh, Leroy Sané another shot? And he's in great form for Germany. I well, looked quality, didn't he? I was watching him there, and that that uh, Germany Holland game was deadly, wasn't it? It was great fun, so it was really good game. Your man, <laughs> I don't mean to to laugh, but Jesus, Memphis Depay running the show, even though uh, Holland managed to lose in the end. But Jesus, he was quality. Yeah, I think he's. It's a ma- it's a case of probably the right player for United, but he was just there at the wrong time and under the wrong manager. He does look very good. He is very good. He was just too full of himself as well, wasn't he? Just came to the Premier League and thought that he owned it, and like just. Yeah, I think they have a buyback option. You never know. But uh, they do seem to be covered in some of the areas that he'd play. Yeah. No. Aguero, Sterling are a given, and we're probably leaning towards David Silva as our third option. Yeah, which is a bit of a differential. I haven't heard that on on any of the pods. Most people are uh, Porter Ederson. I'm happy to go with that. And I can't really think of, like, I'm not going to be taking any chances on random people like uh, Gundogan, uh, Mares. I don't think is going to get enough minutes over the two games to risk. Um, I'm looking at Ederson, Laporte, Sterling, Sané, Silva, Bilva. Oh, we haven't mentioned uh, KDB. What do you think of him? Yeah, I see he's back in full training. Mendy's back in full training. All the City boys are back in full training. So maybe that um, that makes a bit of a difference. Can I just mention one thing, actually? Uh, Jesus has been very heavily involved for Brazil over the two-game weeks. So um makes makes Conal the more interesting. Yeah, he, he couldn't be more uh, nailed on in our free hit teams. Now, that doesn't mean he's nailed on in Pep's team for 180 minutes. Definitely not. But- you think you'd be heavily involved. So moving on to the next team, um, we'll look at Spurs. And Spurs are kind of a, a strange one for the double game weeks because they have a terrible fixture away at Anfield and then they have the first game in their new stadium. So we don't really know how they're going to react to that. Um, I'm not feeling it, Drew. I've had so much stuff, so many free hit teams with Kane. Mentioned on nearly every pod I've listened to, but do you know what? Liverpool away is a terrible fixture. Palace at home... T- to me, Palace are the ultimate counter-attacking team. And they're really good defensively as well. Like, this is going to be 1-0 Spurs. Maybe Kane will get the goal and maybe he won't. But I don't want to be spending that much of my budget on him for this for this game. And do you not think, like, it's Harry Kane. He's fixture-proof. Since he came back from injury, I think he scored three goals and four. Did he score back-to-back games for England there? Like, he are people kind of negatively assessing him for that Liverpool game like he does have an okay record against them he could easily like score a goal or two if Liverpool aren't on it like it's Harry Kane I think some people are looking at it like you're relying on the Palace game but like he does have a chance of getting points in the pool game I do think he has a chance I think he's chance of getting a goal or an assist or something but I don't know I I just think there's so many more players with, with, with a higher ceiling I think Lukaku and Aguero for these two games, surely if Lukaku is fit, I think them two uh, premium players are on a different stratosphere to to Harry Kane, who like I know his underlining statistics are there. He's like he's getting the goals, but like as I said, I just don't see the ceiling. Like I can't see more than a 
maximum goal and assist in them two games. I really, really don't think that your first game at Whitehart Lane, I think they're going to be as nervous as hell. I think I can see Palace getting a, a nil all drive and or, or one nil Spurs. I don't think that being they can't see either of them games being goal fest at all. But it's, it's just the way I feel. It's just kind of a gut instinct, I suppose. I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't disagree with you too much on that. Like I think just like you said, Spurs are going to be pretty nervous for their their first game at the new White Hart Lane. Like this is Liverpool's. Is it their last big test in the title race? They're going to be pretty nervy. And yeah. good point. Like, I don't mean Spurs could win that. I think that could be a close game. I think you're right. That could easily be nil all as well. So maybe 12 and a half million is a lot to spend on Harry Kane, especially if you can kind of spread those funds elsewhere. So you're I not do, feeling I think, Harry. Uh, I'm not feeling Harry, at, but as I said, uh, game week 33, game week 34, you, you'll be playing your wild card. I don't have the luxury of my wild card, but... I've been looking at the options. I am all over Harry Kane, captain against Huddersfield. I think he could get three or four. I think he's nailed on and he's going to be my captain in game week 34 and will do whatever I can to bring him into my team. But just at this moment in time, I think there's better, better options, more value. I don't think it's the right move to bring Kane into your team right now. Okay, that's very fair. Uh, I'm not sure where I stand on him at the minute. Uh, yeah. He's a possibility. Anyone else from Spurs uh, tickling your fancy now? Looking at their defence, I just don't think it's worth it. I think their full-backs get rotated too much. Their centre-halves are too expensive. And like you said, they're too tricky enough games. So I'll be staying away from the defence. Um, yeah, I'd be agreeing with you. I suppose Trippier is always a good option, but they're always rotated. I heard something about, I think it was Aurier injured. I don't know if that's true, but... As you know yourself, Walker Walker Peters is more than capable of coming in. So I don't know the center halves; they don't offer much goal threat, and they're quite expensive. So no, nothing, nothing in defence. And then as you go further forward, Hungman Son, one of my all-time heroes, but I see he scored again today. He was involved in both of the Korea games. I don't know; he wouldn't be one I'd be considering at the moment. He just looks a bit jet lagged. And with them fixtures, again, I think there's there's better options elsewhere. Fair point. Uh, and then I suppose the only two other options, Ericsson and Deli Ali, uh, you've probably ruled them out from what you're saying as well. Uh, Deli Ali just back from injury. I really like him as a player. He's quite plays quite forward, but I just think I, I always like to give players a couple of games when they come back from injury. And I think Ericsson has blanked in six of the last seven game weeks, so it is price tag. A lot of people have them in their free hit teams, but for me, like it's it's more of a punt. Like I don't see... I don't see if there's much there to back it, back up him as selection in your free hit team at the moment. I don't know how you feel. Good, good. Now, like I said, like when I say I've taken a two-week break from FPL, I've taken a full two-week break. So I've done nothing for my free hit team. But just in the back of my head, when I'm kind of making little rough draft teams in my imagination, like some yeah. of them do have Kane and some of them do have Deli Ali, but I'm probably not looking at anybody else. I think... Delhi just might be a nice differential. He has yeah. a goal on his locker. I don't think he'd be too highly picked. And look, I'm a little bit on tilt. I'm kind of the lowest I've been in many a season. And <laughs> just want to try and bring in someone different. So they'd be the only two Spurs options I'm looking at. Will we move on or is there anyone else you want to talk about? No, no, we'll move on. You make me smile there, Drew. On tilt in your uh, 27K in the world. <laughs> <laughs> It's been, it's been years since I've felt those lows, you know. Right, so we'll go on to uh, United. And 
in a way, like neither of these fixtures are easy, but have they looked out a bit with the fact that they're going to be playing each other in the FA Cup semi-final and they might have their, their eyes on another prize? I was just going to say, on paper, they aren't great, but like both of these teams, like they're, they're going to be rotating. And like even when they have like double game weeks close together and they don't have a big massive game, they just both their managers, Gracia and uh, Nuno, love to rotate. But like, to probably the biggest games in their history are coming up in, in after this yeah. double game week. So I don't know. Like, remember we were talking during Christmas and we seen like we're like, oh, not much. The rotation has happened, but Gracia was the only one. Gracia loves to rotate, doesn't he? Like, I can see a whole different eleven for maybe. The, I think they might Watford might play a strong enough team against United and then. Um, play a totally different level against Fulham, but it's, 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 it's just hard to know. It's very hard to read for us, yeah. Yeah, and like, just for clarity, uh, United are playing, in case you haven't figured it out, Watford at home and Wolves away. Um, that's, it's funny you should mention that. I'm kind of thinking he might rest people against United and go a few more against Fulham. I know it's closer to... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to know, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good point because there's a, there's a, there's a two day break between the Man United and uh, the the next games. There's but then there's four days between their games and the FA Cup final, so it's still a decent enough break. So it is, but just I don't know. Do you think they're going to want to take any risks? I think these these could be good fixtures for Man United, but it's more just I don't know if United are in the same form that they were a few weeks ago, and I just don't know if I want no. to be tri- tripling up. I think maybe a, a double up is more something to look at. Yeah, they've kind of hit the first stumbling block in Ole's range. You know, they've lost a couple of matches back to back. Like you said, they haven't been in the best of form. But they have possibly more options than anybody else other than City. Like when you look at it, there's David De Gea, 5.7. Like I said, I just don't like spending money on a goalie. So he's not for me. Yourself? Uh, no, not De Gea, not at all. But to be honest, um, another person who's getting, Jesus, did you see all the stuff on Twitter and Reddit and stuff? Poor Marja Lindelof. Like, I was like, figuring out, our baby was conceived in um, Mykonos. There's like, on a yacht. I was like, just leave the poor girl alone. Like, But anyway, they've had their baby. Everton's grand. I think 5.1. I think uh, Lindelof is a, is a nice route into the United attack, into the United defence even. Okay. Be and like, that's another reason just to be glad to have had a break from FTL Twitter. Like people are such creeps. Like just keeping diaries of uh, when someone's wife might give birth. Like yeah, it was, it was absolutely mental. It was all like medical stuff. Like there was literally like twenty pages and like gestation periods and fucking. It was just crazy shit. Like and it's like oh they had to have had sex between these days, which would incur that the probability is they will be having the baby within these dates. Like just fuck off, lad. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, you make a good point there. Like Lindelof, 5.1, good way into the United backline. Now, a lot of people are saying maybe you should splash out 0.5 extra and get in Chris Smalling because he's a greater attacking threat. Now, I know visually and underlying stats, he probably is a greater attacking threat, but like he's less attacking returns than Lindelof this season. Yeah. Lindelof gets a few goals for um, for Sweden as well. I would say... I think if you can afford it, the defender I have, I've mentioned him on before, and he's like, Spence Free Night Defender. But to me, I don't know about the statistics, but on the eye test, Ashley Young is by far the most attacking United defender and the far most likely defender to get returns. 
Would you be worried that he mightn't play both games? Because like, if he plays right back, you have like Dallow who might come in for a game. Luke Shaw seems pretty nailed on at left back. I'd just be worried Ashley Young just might get rested for one of those games. Well, you're not, you're not, yeah, Shaw's on, a, on nine yellows. I don't know about that, but I don't know. Just I'd be confident enough that he'd play play both games. But as I said, I'm not a, not a big United fan like yourself, Drew. So if you're willing to, you're telling me that, then I'm, I'm willing to listen. If he, look, if he, if he does play both games, and I can't guarantee you that, he is a great option. Because like you said, he, he's by far got the best attacking threat. He whips in a mean ball and not many people are going to have him. He could be a great differential. I would just be worried. Yeah, right. Well, I'm willing to listen to that now. So So we'll move on to Luke Shaw. You've already kind of mentioned him. 5.1, but he is on nine yellows. And I noticed he has a yellow flag. I don't know how serious that injury is, but... Probably a bit risky, is he? He's slightly risky. Just can you imagine you got booked in the first game and you're after uh, wasting a, a defensive spot on a single game week player in effect? You'd be sick. And I probably don't want to double up on United defence, so I probably am happy with either Lindelof and or Smalling, so I probably don't need Shaw. So we'll move on, and he seems to be in 99.99% of free hit teams. Uh, big okay. Paul Pogba. Yeah, and he's not going to be in mine. And look, he, he's another one who looks in decent form for France. For France. Hmm. But... You are just a little bit worried with his current form. He's been playing far deeper. He missed his last penalty. Um, there were worries that United were going to have a bit of a striker shortage, but it seems today that Solskjaer has come out today and said that Rashford, Lukaku, Martial probably will be fit. Everyone's going to be fit. Yeah. I just, it's like even though you were saying about Pogba, Pogba was absolutely supposed to be amazing for France, but again, he was playing quite defensive, so he was, which he's been playing for United. Like he was playing. Was he playing alongside Kante in defensive midfield role? And he was he was the creator, creating the chances for the creator. But like I think he only one assist over the two games. It was a lovely assist, but yeah. So we'll move on from him. Uh, he, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on him. You say he's not going to be in your team. He's not definitely going to be in my team. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, so we'll move on. Uh, Tony Martial could be a nice differential. 7.2 million. You'll save a few million there. And look, he hasn't played an awful lot of football lately. He might just explode. Like if he's fit and the likes of Watford and Wolves aren't fully on it and are looking ahead to that semi-final, do you know, he could benefit from that. Oh, he, he, he's a world-class player and like he's so much ability, but I've just had enough of him. His, his underlying statistics are just like he's one of these people that always overachieves, like a Coutinho or a Hazard and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I just picking him over over Pogba just destroyed my whole FPL season and made me wildcard three months earlier. <laughs> so no, I, I won't have Tony in my team as much as I think that he has an, an enormous amount of ability. Fair enough. He might be in my team now. Before we get to the two big boys up front, I have two really kind of weird differentials here and I haven't seen them in anyone's team and you might tell me to feck off but Jay Ling 6.7 he's back in training when he does play for United he is an important player any any interest in taking a punt on him? Uh, do you know I actually would have been if I heard that Rashford or Lukaku or Martial even if one of them three were out I think I would be very interest, uh, interest in Jay Links as my um, 
my fourth midfielder for my free hit team. But with all the news coming out today, I, I don't know. But I can I can definitely see how he could he, he could bang, but he is he's a bit too risky for me. Cool. And then my last uh now this is weird. I don't think I don't know, I'm kind of thinking of hanging up here and quitting the podcast because I'm mentioning bringing uh, Scott McTominay into your free hit team. But he's he's four point he's four point two million. Any uh any case to be made to have him as your first sub or should you just get like Connolly or someone for three point eight million and he'll do the exact same as in nothing? Yeah, I never heard of him, but I've never heard that even mentioned. That's interesting because I have uh, Ori Romeo Romeo for Southampton, yeah. four point two. So I actually afford my family. So you think that's a move I should make, Drew? Not really. Like he is, he has the potential to be involved in both games. Solskjaer seems to like him. Uh, Herrera and Matic have been injured. There's talk of Herrera moving. Um, so you never know. Like he had a great game against uh, PSG, but like even if McTominay does play, it probably is a two pointer in each game. But like as your first sub, if you could afford it, like there are worse, there are worse things. But it's probably not the top of your priorities. So we'll we'll move on from that. And look, Lukaku or Rashford, who are you picking? Just something I really want to talk about. Another thing on the pods, like some of my favorite pods, and they're like Rashford. Why are you even considering Lukaku? I was like. I think, I think, all right, obviously, Sterling, Aguero, Hazard. The one man I want in my team, if fit, I would like as a differential is Lukaku. Everyone's like Rashford, Lukaku. Last four matches, right. You have Romelu, Lukaku, 13 shots in the box, eight big chances. We have Rashford, six shots in the box, two big chances. But like, to me, Lukaku's just a flat track bully. Watford and Wolves, like I can just see him. I, I think he has a, like a, I can see him in the past just banging, banging goals past Watford. These are the kind of teams he wants to play, like just like top 10 premiership teams, not like, because he never does well against the real elite teams, but the underlying statistic teams, everything's there. Like, Rom's a man for me. Sounds good. Like you said, like the only thing really in Rashford's favour on current form is just his price tag. I think he's 3.2 million cheaper. But look, it's a free yeah, hit. You don't really have yeah. to worry about value that much. Like if you can uh, shoehorn Lukaku into your team, he could be, yeah. like I keep saying differential, but again, I think most teams are going down the value route and going for Rashford. And like in the last four games, he's done nothing. And in the last four games, you've listed the stats, but Lukaku he's scored four goals in his last four. I think, has yeah. he scored four before? Four and five, I yeah, think. And the one, the one that didn't do anything in, no, four and three. But the game he yeah. did score in against Arsenal, like he could have scored a hat trick. He missed a couple of sitters, but he was getting into good positions. And like you said, he does seem to be coming into that bit of form that he has had over the past few seasons, you know, for Everton and. Yeah, and for uh, West Brom back the years, yeah. But he, he's, he's getting no love, is he? No. He he seems like a hard person to love if you're not a United... Actually, even if you are a United fan, a lot of United fans seem to hate I like him. Yeah. I, can I just say one thing? If, for some reason, the Kaku isn't fit and he doesn't play, I think Rashford's a great option playing through the mid, middle, middle at that price. I think you can't not have him in your team. That's a, a more than fair point. Right. So we'll move on to the next team. And it won't take too long because I think these will rotate. But Wolves... So they're going to play Burnley away. And as we've mentioned, United at home. 
Uh, they're both tricky games on paper. Like Burnley are fighting for their lives. Their little run <clears> that they've been on has come to an end. Like they need to start getting results. And if Wolves aren't focusing on this game, Burnley could easily take something away from them there. Then, like we said, they're playing United. Are you just as worried as I am about rotation? Really worried. I like. I really want Wolves and Watford players. We'll talk about this later, but I don't know. I don't. I think I'm probably going to go without both. Which like. When the people that I'm bringing in instead just aren't as, like, they haven't got the same ceiling, high ceiling. Like, I, I don't know. I think that Man United game, there's going to be serious rotation there. I can I can pretty much guarantee that. Like, this is, like, one of the biggest games in their history. That Burnley away, like, it's a, it's a nice fixture, but Burnley, they give away a few chances. But a lot of them are outside of the box as well and stuff. They're, they're a tough enough team, but it's just so hard not to have Jimenez in your team. Like, when I look at the stats, Drew, it's... He's a premium player in everything but price. His last four games, three goals, one assist, 2.98 XGI, which is like, it's right up there. He's Wolves' talisman. Like he's, he's, he's had four, like he's creating chances as well. He's just, it's, it's going to upset me that I'm not going to have him in my three-hit team from a person that likes to look at the underlying statistics. Like I might have someone like Michi Batshuayi who is like, just can't match him from a statistical perspective. I thought you were going to say for someone who likes to look at him, I was like, oh, here we go again. Um, <laughs> but he's in my current team and I might leave him in. Like you said, he's, he's in the NFL team of the season. He could well be, should be in the Premier League team of the season, in the squad anyway. He's just been a revelation, hasn't he? Uh, he's been absolutely quality. So he's, and I think he's, he scored for Mexico during the week in the first game. He came off after 74 minutes. Now, they're talked that they have some kind of deal that he's not going to play the other game. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow night. So if he doesn't play any minutes in that game, you'd be pretty sure that at least he's going to get minutes against Burnley. And do you know, the only thing is, Man United at home at Molyneux, like, that's why they got up to the Premiership, to play Man United at Molyneux and put it up to them. Are they going to arrest their talisman? Maybe play him and take him off after 60 minutes? People could be burnt by not putting them in their teams. That's it. A good point. Now, look, I don't have a huge interest in many Wolves players other than Jimenez, but just for balance and for anyone listening that are looking at Wolves players, we'll go through two or three other options. So there's our man, Doherty, 5.4 million. He's one that I can see playing one game and not playing the other, so I'm not interested. Um, no, he, he's definitely going to be rested, isn't he? Yeah. But moving on... We've your namesake, Willie Bolly, 4.6. And out of the defence, he might be one that A, plays both games and B, has some sort of attacking potential. Like Connor Cody has points potential at, at all, like unless he gets a clean sheet. He's, he's probably going to play both games though, is he? Bolly? Cody. Yeah. Cody, I think. I think both of them probably will. Yeah. But... Um... What about, I think, Ryan Bennett's out. So, uh, your man Sice, is he 4.2? He could be a good pick. He's not a bad shout. And look, the likes of, I'm going to rule out Diego Yotta, Hotta, Jotta, whatever you want to call him. I can't see him playing both games. Now, I've, I've highlighted two random 4.3 midfielders here. I think I definitely have. Is one of them from Belgium? One of them is from Belgium, yep. Yeah. I had him on my... Uh, I was thinking about him strongly as well. Like he started, he, uh, this game is a surprise to me. He started the last nine league games. I, I can't mm. remember him coming into that sort of contention. But yeah. he can play in midfield. 
and he can play at the back. So like he's got a bit of versatility. And if Nuno is making big changes, he might just be slotting into a few different yeah. positions. And at four point three. Yeah, you say he's playing at the back, Drew, but like I've watched him and I thought he was like caught he could have even been taking Bennett's play as centre half. But like I've been so impressed with him. He seems like a box to box midfielder and like he's getting on the edge of the penalty area. He's getting into the box. Like I I don't know, I think he could be a great option. He he looks like a, a good footballer going forward as well. I think he's going to be important to Wolves in the coming years. Yeah, I think he did come from Belgium as a box to box midfielder by trade, but yeah. I think he's just kind of been slotting in there. And before we wrap Wolves up, I just want to give a mention to Morgan Gibbs-White. 4.3 million. He's quite cheap. He could be an enabler. He could be fifth midfielder. He could be your first sub. But just when we are talking about them rotating heavily, he could easily figure quite a bit, like because he he hasn't got many minutes this season. No, and he's a baller, isn't he? It's like when I think of him, I think of him and Phil Foden and all the boys. Like he's He's the future of England, isn't he? Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of scares me how many good attacking young players they have these days. Fair play yeah, to them. Like, uh, that's some that's good players. So I actually am thinking about him a little bit. So the next team we'll look at is Watford and they play United away and Fulham at home. So one tricky fixture and one brilliant fixture on paper. But again, we have that FA Cup semi-final looming. So it's hard to know, isn't it? It's just sick. Like these Watford are a team I want to get stuck into. Like, can I just say, I can't get stuck into them, but just from an underlying statistic perspective, Gerard Delefeu, he just uh, inspired uh, Catalonia to 2-1 win over uh, Solomon Rondon's Venezuela. But, uh, <laughs> look at, <laughs> why do I know that? But uh, <clears throat> looking, at the, <laughs> looking at the underlying statistics, I was like, he has form, he has underlying statistics, and he has Fulham. But the worry is highly likely to be rotated. He's so important for them. And if they're going to get through to play in an FA Cup final, he's like, he's the main man, isn't he? But like, just looking at his actual stats, four goals, two assists in his last four matches. But his underlying statistics, like 2.36 XGI, six shots in the box, three big chances created. And like, what an option. What is he, 5.1 mil? And then I'm like... Five, five points, sorry? 5.6. 5.6. Yeah, but still, uh, in relation to Mihavich or something, or whatever his name, Milo, we call him, he's, he's like underlying statistics. He blows him out of the park. But also, Tridini, I'm like, um, what's he got? He's got like a lot of goals and a lot of assists in his last few games. I know his, his XGI mightn't be quite as good, but he's just a clinical finisher. And I was looking at something I seen on Twitter there earlier today, and it's like, in his last 10 games against Man United and Fulham, he scored seven goals. Well, I think Gerard uh, Delefeu has, hasn't scored any against them opponents. So, Dini, if you knew he was going to play, could be an option either. But we don't know they're going to play, sadly. Yeah, it's hard to get stuck in, as you said. Um, look, you made good points about all them. I'm not going to repeat it. So, I'll tell you, the only person I'm seriously considering is Ben Foster. 4.6 million. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't like spending money on goalkeepers. It might be just a bit of a mental block I have. But I also think, aside from that, he is a good option. Because like you said, Fulham at home, even United away, like you never know Save what points. United are going to turn up. He's going to get save points. And I don't think he's going to get rested. Do you think Gomez might come in? or? Uh, I was just going to say, I was like, after 
Tom Hayden, I think, fosters. I think, I can't believe, I don't know, did he retire from international football? But he's definitely in the top three English goalies. I think he should be there, but I think he's had an absolutely amazing season. The only thing that worries me is I've seen that it's uh, Gomez is leaving at the end of the season. I think he's actually retiring from football. He's, so um, maybe could he start that Fulham game? I don't know when they're not playing for anything just before the FA Cup. No one has mentioned it, but it's just something in the back of my mind. And I wouldn't be overly surprised because he's been an absolute legend for Watford over the years. It makes sense. And geez, he's he was a bit of a dude, isn't he, Gomez? Um... I too. <laughs> He probably could have retired many years ago. Like I, I don't know if he's that great a goalie, but uh, fair play to him. Yeah, he's a good man to save a penalty, and he's a bit of crack, so he's a good shot stopper. I don't know if he's a great uh, goalkeeper. He's a bit dodgy at the old crosses over the years, doesn't he? Yeah, and I've actually pinpointed someone that I haven't seen in one free hit team, and I think he mm. could be a revelation, Willie. <laughs> oh, let's, let's hear it through. I kind of think people may have got him in at the wrong time of the season and are overlooking him because of that. Isaac's success could come in and run a muck here so he could. 4.6 million, what do you think of that? It's funny you say that because I think most people that are playing with two up front are on Conor Quain are 4.3, aren't they? What success? 4.6? 4.6, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was like, I wasn't thinking of success, but that's a great point at that budget because I was thinking that my man ripped Mr. Muscleman uh, might be a really good pick for the Fulham game. I was thinking of uh, Andre Gray. So like, <laughs> we're thinking about similar lines, even though like they're completely different players, but great minds think alike. I don't know. You're, you're thinking of bringing in a guy because he's ripped, and I'm thinking of bringing no. in a guy. <laughs> I don't know if we're going <laughs> on the same lines here. I'm thinking of bringing in a guy for Fulham home because I think Javier Gracia is going to make 10 changes. And I don't think that Gerard Delefeu or Tridini are going to be playing up front. So I That's think it's probably enough. going to be some success and uh, Johnny Tattoo. Any idea? I'll look it up here now. What price Andre Gray is? Is he? No, I'd imagine he's a good bit more than success. Would he be 5.5, 5.6? I have no idea though. But he's also more nailed on and a far better player. So he's 5.9 actually. He's the same price as Dini. It's mad. Oh, right. Maybe that was a silly thing for me to say then, but he could absolutely annihilate Fulham. That's a fair point. Right, we'll move on to Fulham, now that you mention it. And I'm going to be very quick here. I hope you are. Like You're able to ramble on about anyone, and you're probably going to tell me about Callum Chambers' XGI and blah, blah, blah. But uh, they're playing Man City at home and Watford away, and I have no interest in any of their players. I've got no stats on Fulham, Drew. <laughs> No, wait, wait, wait. One thing. I read that... Um, did I read this today? I think I read that uh, Mitrovic... Mitrovic has had more headed attempts this season and he's going to break the record than any other player in FPL history. That is pretty epic fucking stat considering he's playing for Fulham, a team that's going to get relegated. That's mad. He already has it or he's on course to break it? He, I don't know, he's definitely going to break it, but he's way ahead who, of, I think it might be Andy Carroll or someone like that who's number two, and he's like way ahead of where he was. So he's like, it's impossible for him not to break it. I don't know if he's broke it yet or it's just a matter of time, but he's going he's gonna to have a new uh, Guinness World Record anyway at the end of the season, which that's just, it's mad, isn't it? What if he breaks his head between now and then? You said it's impossible and he can't yeah, handle the ball. Nothing's impossible, Drew. No. 
Okay, now look, I was joking about Callum Chambers, but he's 4.2 million. Um, yeah. I know there's far cheaper enablers. I haven't really looked into it. So maybe when I go to look at my free hit team, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't have 0.3 or 0.4 for one of these 4.2 million people. So will we move on to Chelsea? We'll move on to Chelsea. We don't want to pull them. And would it be fair to say they've got the second best double game week out of all the teams? Definitely. When I rank them, I hear we've all the teams there. So obviously I have City number one. I've Chelsea number two, didn't need to think about it. United number three and Palace number four. So let's talk about these lovely fixtures. Cardiff away, Brighton home, doesn't get much better. Again, the trickier fixture they have at home and they have an FA Cup semi-final to worry about. The easier fixture is Cardiff. On paper, it's just a great couple of games. Um, just, who are the main options I suppose we'll start from the back and Kepa 5.4 million I can see him in a lot of free hit teams I've no at the minute I've no interest now when I come down to making my actual team I might just contradict myself everything I said yeah. in this podcast could be a lie because I'll be like I have 6 million for a goalie why am I picking Foster and I might just pick him uh, who is your goalie in your free team? Do you know? Uh, my goalie at the moment is Kepa. <laughs> <laughs> I just think uh, 5.4 million or is he thereabouts? He's an absolute great option. But the thing that I really liked when I was looking through the goalies, I was like Ederson I had in first time. But when I looked at, at Chelsea, they're a strange team. Like them two fixtures, they're really nice fixtures. And they're, take, they're conceding an awful lot of shots from outside the box. Which means that Kepa is not even if he do, he could get a clean sheet, but he's likely to get like uh, a, an extra bonus point, save point on top of that as well. So that's really mainly why that why, why I was looking at him, the fixtures and the fact that he has the potential for save points. Well, I feel like someone like Ederson, I feel that like City are too good at the back, which is mad. Like not picking the goalie because they're they're too good. But that's what I came down to when I looked at the stats. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So it does. Um, will we go to the main man there? And do you think Hazard, 10.9 million, is he essential in our free hit teams? It's, it's, it's Eden Hazard. His underlying statistics aren't there, but just he's still one of the top, top scoring midfielders in the game. I think uh, with these fixtures, he's absolutely essential. If you look at the, I'm not one for the reverse fixtures, you look at the reverse fixtures, he's absolutely smashed it. So he has, I think he's like, He's an insane amount of points against both them teams this season. And I was looking at the stats. Has he 12 goals in 10 games against these teams historically or something mental like that? Don't quote me on that, but it's very close. And I just... Jesus, he'd be a brave man to go without him. And he does seem to have found a bit of form in those uh, Belgium games. And we might get yeah. back onto it when we talk about captains. I think if you're chasing, there's a, a case to have him as your captain. Yeah, and plus he's trying to sort out a good deal at Real Madrid, so like, I think he's like there's a lot of incentive on him to like uh, put in a few good performances. Very good. Now he is one of the people I know will definitely be in my free hit team. So yeah. we'll have a look at. There's a few defenders here, and I'm not sure of any of them. If I had to pick one, it would probably be David Luiz, but even he comes with some doubts. So David Luiz is 5.9. Rudiger is 5.9. Any interest in either of those centre halves? Are you worried about Christensen coming in for a game? Or um, I have uh, David Luiz in my free hit team at the moment. But to be honest with you, I think either Luiz or Rudiger are going to be um, 
rotated with Christian for one of the games, perhaps. If I had the money, again, because I sold Rashford and Pogba, I don't have the money. I'd be going 6.3 Aspilic Coeta. I'd be like, it's the tale of two Daves, really. Which Dave do you want? I'd be on uh, Dave Aspilic Coeta if I could afford him. But I was just looking at the underlying statistics. We were always like saying, oh, Louise is the way better option. But over the last four four weeks, it's Aspilic Coeta. Dave, that's creating the most. <laughs> we call Dave Dave and, and David David. He's creating the most chances. He's getting more attack and returns. And um, I think Luis has only created uh, two chances created over the last four weeks, which is um, is not great considering everyone talks about him as the best attacking defender in the game. So as I said, I've Luis in my team, but if it was an unlimited budget, I would go for uh, for Dave over David. As to Laqueta. Yeah, that's impressive, so it is. I can say it, but just when I'm on the pod, I just get a bit nervous and I just bottle it. I'm dreadful with names, but he's one of those that a few years ago, I kind of phonetically just spelt out yeah. and learned how to say, and it's just stuck with me. But there's others that yeah. I won't even have a go at. Uh, there's a few other options here. One of the questions we got asked about was uh, Gonzalo Higuain, 9.6 million. He hasn't really done it for me since he moved to the Premiership. He's had some bright moments. He's also had some moments where he just looks like he's uh, going backwards and in slow motion. I've no doubt that he's a great finisher, but he just doesn't always have the legs to get into the positions these days, I don't think. But two great fixtures if he is to, to find form. He just looks like a guy with a dad bod on a beach, doesn't he? With his two kids. But, he looks um... like... Do you, know, he, do you know what he looks like? He looks like... Uh, when you're younger, yeah, and he's someone's dad who used to be good at football, so he's got a big belly yeah. on him and he can barely move. But then when he hits the ball, all the young lads are like, "Whoa, did you see things?" Like he can hit the ball. He actually, you, you've hit it on the the head there. He's just like someone's dad. Yeah, he drew. He reminds me of your dad, Fatala. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, he'd be delighted to hear that. But like back to yeah. the point, is is he anywhere near your free hit team? Uh, no, look, I look at the underlying statistics. Every week, I'm like, oh, this Higuain guy, I probably should consider him. But then I watch the games, I watch the highlights. He's just not doing it for me on the eye test. He just, I don't know, as I said, he's clinical in the box. But yet, over the years, we've always been like, oh, Higuain's such a great finisher. But like, just, he's not getting many of them shots on target. I don't know. To, to me, can I just say this? Like, I watched a few French games. Olivier Giroud is a fucking legend. Like, what does he have to do to get in that Chelsea team? I'd be actually worried if Higuain been um, been rested or dropped for one of them games because Higuain's been quality and or Giroud's been quality in the games that I've seen for France, and he never really puts a foot wrong. But I suppose he's not a nailed on twenty goal season striker, so people don't want to consider him. They don't seem to see all the other good stuff he does during the ninety minutes. I'd like give him thirty eight games, he might get you twenty goals. He just never seems to get the full confidence of a manager and get a proper run. Yeah. Like you know, there's not many better than him at in the air or at link up play. Um he's a great finisher when he gets into positions. And like you said, Higuain for me is a bit of a no no because I think he's a little bit too expensive. He's a bit temperamental and I am like you a little bit worried about uh Giroud. Like he's in good form for France. Did he score a hat-trick for Chelsea in the Europa League? Yeah, he's flying in the Europa League and he's just like, like, France won the World Cup and like, he was, he was the fulcrum, he was one of their most important players. He really was. I know he didn't score in that World Cup but he was like, 
you ask any of them players, they're like, he was up there and like maybe after Pogba, he was probably their most important player. And like a team point man. for you is a uh, nice hair and like he's got lovely hair and he's a uh, really he's very good. He's, he's chiseled through. Yeah. So look, before we wrap up Chelsea, I've, do you know what's weird actually? I haven't even thought about this. It's just after coming into my head. Chelsea yeah. have a double game week against Cardiff and Brighton. Yeah. And like nobody is even thinking of Marcus Alonso. Like what a fall from grace. Like last season we would have been creaming ourselves to get him into the team. You would have been thinking he's gonna be getting you like thirty points between the two games. And now there's a doubt that like he'd probably play yeah. one game, will he? Is he even gonna play? I don't know. I think Ederson could play the two. It's a weird one, isn't it? One more thing now before it comes out of my head. I do think it's a waste of a Chelsea mid- Chelsea team because, just because of Sarri for no other reason. But Callum Hudson-Odai, 4.2 million. He should be playing every week. He's an absolute legend. But you could put him as a first sub, but then you're kind of missing out on a on a, a Chelsea asset. I don't know what you think, Drew. I agree with you there. I kind of was debating him as a, a first sub and he was kind of like a, a shot in the dark, just like a, a free hit in your free hit. Like, do you know he's either going to be an enabler or you might get lucky and Sarri might see sense and he gets minutes and points. I just think Sarri's so stubborn. I think the more people tell him he should play uh, Hudson-Odoi, yeah. the more likely he is to not, even though I didn't see it. But by all accounts, he was a revelation for England there. Um, and like compared to the likes of William and Pedro, who are, they're getting on, like they're, they're a bit over the hill. Like, Sarri should be giving him as much of a chance as he can. It's just weird. Like, Willian and Pedro have the underlying statistics, but when you actually watch the games, Hudson Adai is more effective. Like, if he's put into that position, like, he doesn't just get the shot. Like, he sets up your man to tap it in or he puts away the finish. Like, he's like, he just has that little bit, that little X factor about him. I think he's, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Another great English option going forward. They're going to have some team, aren't they? They are, yeah. And then what about the man? Was he the man of the match the other day? And he was uh, one of the biggest bandwagons of the season, Ross Barkley, 5.1 million. But he's not going to play both games. Like, I don't think Sarri watches England and goes, Jesus, yeah. he did up there. I think he's just going to stick to his own set ways. Yeah. And you know, the amount of people that are going to have him in free hits now because of that great performance. Like, <laughs> Sarri doesn't give a shit about it. There's not a chance. I was like, I don't even think he might even start both games. I'd say he'd probably come on and bow with him for a half an hour. Yeah. Now, I know you get a little bit uncomfortable when I start talking about serious things. So, like, it was awful. Like, do you know all that racial abuse that was in the England match there uh, with Danny Rose and Sterling and Hudson-Odoi? I heard him talking about it after, and he, he spoke really well. And then yeah. the segment on Sky Sports News was, do you remember your man, was a Pavel P- Bragniak or whatever you call it? guy he's played for Reading yeah yeah did you hear about him he's after being banned for the whole season because he came out and said it's a joke that a black person could play for Russia oh would you fuck after what the fuck is wrong like I actually don't get any of this like it's like I'm always like what are these uh, what are these lads going on I was like who in this day and age is like who gives a shit like who gives a shit whether someone's fucking black or someone's gay or someone's from Dublin it was a mad segue and it had to be like a Russian guy to like come out, come out with a quote like that. And uh, anyway, at least he got banned for the rest of the season. So anyway, we'll move on to the last team with a double game week. And I think you ranked them fourth 
when you were talking about the best double game week teams. And I think they're the most yeah. intriguing out of everybody. And it's Crystal Palace, home to Huddersfield. The, the most intriguing. Intriguing, yeah. I, I have treble Palace at the moment, and I need to sort that out because I think I only want double. But um, yeah. Right, you fire ahead. What have you got to say about it? Away to Tottenham. So we'll start with home to Huddersfield. Absolutely golden fixture. Huddersfield are gone. Like, just the way they capitulated against West Ham the other game week. They're just, they're just away with the fairies, aren't they? They're kind of, they're thinking about next. And West Ham are on the beach and they just capitulate. Like, West Ham, I fucking, um, like, I'm thinking of Captain and Hazard next week against West Ham. That's what I think of West Ham. So this is like, you can imagine what I think of Huddersfield. Yeah, this could just be like a a free hit, like a penalty kick for Palace, like home to Huddersfield. Um, are Palace safe? I want to say they are. Are they? They're probably... Uh, they're safe, as in they're no way they're going to go down or two good. But I think they need to win a couple of games. And, you know, Ray Hedgehogson, he's old school. He's going to be getting a few... He wants to get a few more points on the board. He wants to make sure to get it sorted. Like, so... Actually, yeah, be by like, no means, mathematically, they're by no means safe. They're five points ahead of Cardiff. Like you said, they they need to win. They need to beat Huddersfield. They can't uh, yeah. they can't take that one anyway. Uh, not like seriously. So, yeah, I you say you have three Palace players and you're gonna have to sort that out. I I might have three Palace players myself. Like I think what you're doing is you're getting them in for that Huddersfield game and you're hoping they run riot. But that spurs yeah. away from them in a new stadium, and we already alluded to it. That could be anything. Like yeah, Palace, no, no. I wouldn't be surprised if Palace nicked that one nil. Spurs might just be overcome with emotion, and you know it's a new stadium. The fans aren't used to it. The players aren't used to it. Palace are a great counter-attacking team, like you said. It's going to be a big pitch. You know, I w- I wouldn't be shocked by any result there. So they could get your points, and like, it could just be an absolute bonus match where you're getting them in for Huddersfield but you're reaping the rewards when somebody comes up with something against Spurs. Yeah, like we're talking about essentials and we've went through the City players, we've went through Hazard and we went through maybe one to United, but someone that is essential for me and it might seem ridiculous, but Jeffrey Slope, like, oh my God, 4.5 million. To me, like he's like, him, him and uh, Zaha are just running the show for, 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 for Palace at the moment. Before I even looked at us, every time I watch the games, like, Two of them, they're just so dangerous, just bombing down the wings, just so much trickery, so much skill, so much speed and intensity. Like, they're just, they're the ultimate counter-attacking team, aren't they? And they're the ultimate counter-attacking players. Yeah, I agree with all that. And just a point I'm thinking about, do you know the way sometimes people try and, when you're picking a team on a week-to-week basis, people try and kind of cover their options and not put all of their eggs in one basket. So you mightn't want two Palace defenders or two Chelsea defenders in a normal game week. Do you still think that in a double game week or do you think you should be going all in as in if I'm picking a Palace defender, I'm kind of banking on them getting a clean sheet. So why not pick two? So is there a case to have like Juan Bissaka if he overcomes this knock and Schlupp or Tompkins, etc.? Maybe a Guetta, although I know Hennessy, that's a bit of a risk too as well. But no, no, in a double game week, I'm all for like, I said I'm all for double. Like, like I want three, three Chelsea and I obviously only want Hazard and I don't trust the band. So I'm definitely going double Chelsea defence. I wouldn't put anyone off 
Like, how many goals have Huddersfield scored all season? Like, feck all. Like, how good are Palace? After the, the top four teams, Palace are probably the best team defensively in the league. So, statistically, it makes an awful lot of sense. And No, no, I wouldn't put anyone up. I, the one thing I wouldn't, I think it's too big of a risk for me. And I've seen a lot of people go with, like, uh, treble Chelsea defence. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, like, that's just one step too far, isn't it true? Well, it's kind of like if you're kind of advocating having double and saying you're going all in and hoping for a clean sheet, I can understand going treble, but my only kind of worry there is you can't have a hazard or you can't have an attacking player if you do that. Yeah, but but like look at last week, a lot of the really, really good stats-based um, FPL players and they went uh, Fabianski, Diop and maybe an Ogbonna or Credwell. They went, they went uh, triple West Ham defence. Like That didn't work exactly. out too well. Work out at all. So look, let's uh, kind of pick a few Palace players here. And actually, another thing that I'm thinking about here is Palace probably don't have a huge amount of players on international duty, whereas Spurs have a load. So, and I know there's a game in between, but you know, Palace might just be a little bit fresher. Like they'll have an easier game home to Huddersfield while Spurs are away to Liverpool. So that yeah. game in the Newcastle Lane. The more I think about that. I'm kind of coming around to your way of thinking that could be anything. Just, I just don't fancy Spurs in that game. As I said, like, if I was a betting man... I'd and have, you are. <laughs> and I am a betting man. I'd have, a, I'd have 10 euro on nil-nil and 10 euro on one nil Spurs. So, like, I just, I don't know. I think at the odds, prohibitive odds, I'd be staying away from Spurs. And I think it's, it'd be good to invest as your differentials in, um, in uh, Crystal Palace. So what what other Crystal Palace players are you thinking of? Like we, we could pretty much say seven or eight players. Like you you talked through a few there. I have about six or seven here. So I have Guaita. Uh, I'm going to rule him out just because you said Hennessy's a a worry. I have yeah. Juan Basaka in my team. He has a yellow flag. Hopefully he'll overcome that. But I probably wouldn't get him in if I didn't have him. But I'm probably not going to get him out either. If you had him at four point zero, you'd be you'd be keeping him in your team, wouldn't you? Well, first, it doesn't matter, does it? It depends on uh, how much money you have, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. good point. Jeffrey Slup, Tompkins is 4.3. Uh, I'm not really getting the love for Milo Jovic. I, I know all the upsides to him. I know he does have points potential. They do win a lot of penalties. But like 6.3 million, and you are getting them in in the hope that they win a penalty. That's um. Someone made a great point on on Twitter. I think it was one of the lads from WGA, but they said um, if Mark Noble was playing a double game week, would everyone be going mad to get him into his team? Yeah, I suppose Palace do win an extraordinary amount of penalties. He does take free kicks. I don't know if Noble. I don't think Noble does. I think he probably off. I. I totally understand that point, but they were probably making it yeah. from an extreme point of view. But yeah, it is a fair point. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, so I do. And I like, do you know who has the most uh, penalty touches out of any? Is this any forward in the last six weeks? Zaha, no. Yeah, Zaha, yeah. And it's like his other stats aren't up there at all, but it's uh, like he's just so he's so tricky, isn't he? Yeah, and then you've so- Townsend five point eight. I'm probably going to avoid that. If James McArthur, 4.8, he's a great possible fifth midfielder. Yeah, if you had 1.5 million uh, to make your team, he's a great first sub, isn't he? Doesn't get much better. Yeah. 
And then there's the two boys up front, Saha or Batshuayi. I can see a lot of teams of Batshuayi in them. Did he score for Belgium last time out? Um, like, he could go nuts against Huddersfield. But I, I'm kind of leaning towards Saha if I had to pick one of the two. I've uh, Batshuayi in my team at the moment, but as you say that, like, I have Milo, Milo as well. And uh, I kind of want to downgrade Milo. I really want... LFAO in my team it's just so risky and I want to upgrade to Zaha or Jimenez so yeah no Zaha's the better option but Batshuayi at the price is um, probably going to be in a lot of free hit teams just as he's uh, he's, a, he's a good differential that can fit in but I do think Zaha's the better option personally yeah I kind of disagree like I think Batshuayi on paper is probably a better option like he's cheaper he's more of a goal threat he's going to be the focal point there like Zaha doesn't have the same goal threat, even though he's scored a lot recently. Like he is massively outperforming yeah. his XG. Yeah. Um, I just, I just have a a feeling for him. Do you know? Yeah. I, yeah, know. No, I think Zaha has a great pick. Anyway, he could well come into my team. I just have to figure yeah. out how to get out and like Milhaivich, but we'll, we'll discuss that. So it's taken a while, but we've gone through every team there that has a double game week. I think we've gone through most of the options. And in my head, it was a worthwhile exercise because, look, we can only pick a squad of 15. But, you know, we might have talked about players that other people listening mightn't have thought of. And we might have made a case for them. And even when I go away to make my free hit team, I might like pick one or two people that I mightn't have thought about. So nice one. Yeah, that's really helped me. Even if I like nobody else gets that now, or nobody else is now, that's really helped me picking my free hit team. So uh, thanks for that. And <laughs> if nobody gets anything out out of it, fuck them because like I yeah. care about my team. So yeah, that's it. If they can't take uh, any bits of info out of that, not my problem. Yeah, you know, I I do this podcast to entertain myself and hopefully entertain people. And if they get a bit of decent info out of it, that's just a bonus. Because, like, yeah. let's face facts, I'm now a terrible FPL player. I'm down to about 30 in the world. And I'm actually... Do you know your man, uh, Matt Carney, who retires every second week? Ah, oh, it's quite a fucking joker. I know. Now, he's a great player. And, like, I've nothing against him. But it's just hilarious that anytime he has a bad week, he retires. But I, I'm, I actually might retire. And unlike him, when I do retire, I'm gone. I'm gone. Uh, if, you, if you retire, you're a joker. You're just... just... Right, let's wrap that up. Uh, when we come back, we might just have a quick talk about our actual free hit teams, do our two segments, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, and do our Aguero Sterling captain pick. Okay, cool. Sound. And we're back and after talking about all the double game week teams and nearly every double game week player, I want to talk about your current free hit team, Willie. And I'm going to talk about mine first because like I yeah. said, and like I've been saying the whole way through, I've had my two-week break. I haven't really done anything, so I've nothing to talk about. But I'll just tell you where I am at the minute. Um, Fire ahead. The, the only definites in my team at the minute like they're actually locked in are Aguero and Hazard I'm definitely going to be bringing in Sterling um, 
currently I have David Luiz and Delefeu in my team just because I thought they might rise in price and I just got them in. But it doesn't mean they're going to be in there come uh, the deadline. Have you actually activated your free hit chip, yeah? Yeah, I activated because I thought it was going to be price rises. But you know, it's actually unbelievable. There hasn't been a, a there hasn't been a price rise in the last seven days, which is beyond mental for FDL. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The week that's in it, I thought lads would be like bringing lads in on a free hit like mad and there would be loads of price rises. So it is, it has been strange. I also have yeah, no, uh, Jimenez and Juan Basaka. But look, very good. I think you've actually spent a little bit of time on your free hits. So without going into all the players, because we have talked a lot about them, what is your current free hit team? And talk to yeah. me about lads you might be bringing in. Yeah, right. Well, the most important thing first, which I think we haven't really mentioned, is my sub bench is what I'm going to go. So I have my uh, Hamer, who I think 3.8, 3.9. I have two 3.8 defenders. I have Jack Simpson from Bournemouth, and I have Conley from Cardiff, which won't play 3.8, and then I have 4.2 Romeo. So I think I'm I'm really just going totally as budget as possible on the sub bench, and I'd highly recommend that. So I would, I think, uh, yeah, if you have the budget, have it. A, a crap first playing player, double game week player, someone like Peltier or, or Camarasa, but I think it's perfectly fine. Like, what are the probability of, of any of the guys in your first 11 not playing at least one minute? So don't worry about the bench, go for just as cheap as chips. Right. So we'll fire through this. I have uh, Kepin Gold talked about before. I've David Louise, Lindelof, and Schlupp at the back. I have David Silva as my differential. I have Raheem Sterling, vice-captain. I have Eden Hazard nailed on. I have Luka Mijevic. I would like Delefeu, but I'm just a bit worried about his minutes, but he's probably the least nailed person in my team. And then up front, I have Aguero captain, Romelu Lukaku, who I'm very, very sweet on, and Michu Batshuayi, who could become Raul, Raul Jimenez, depending on his minutes for Mexico in their... Uh, they're international this week so that's pretty much me Drew and like we have kind of been talking about it the whole way through but I do like the sound of that uh, I heard something about Jimenez possibly not playing that second game did you hear that? yeah I heard that as well so we'll just wait and see what happens and uh, you'd like to think like why would he not play in the Burnley game if uh, if that's the case yeah okay very good uh, I do like the sound of that I like the sound of your few differentials Um I like that you're maximizing your, your first 11 and exploiting your budget. I'm probably going to have a play in first sub, but outside yeah. of that, it's going to be absolute dregs. And like you said, I'd recommend either doing that or doing what Willie's doing, just having absolute no hopers on your bench, just getting as much value in your first 11 because it's a free hit chip. Like you're not looking. I remember uh, saying to you a few weeks ago, I seen a free hit team and they had like two five million goalies and someone was playing it in yeah. might have been 31 and it, it just doesn't make any sense yeah lads like it, it's not like you're borrowed you're not stuck with it for life just <laughs> Jesus <laughs> you mightn't be now uh, so right we'll move on from our own teams and <laughs> one of the bigger decisions this week is captain so I think most people are looking at it as a two-horse race between Aguero and Sterling. There's pros and cons for both. I want to throw in Hazard into that argument. I'll talk about him at the end. So I noticed when you were talking about your team there, you mentioned Sterling as your vice-captain. Does that mean you've made a decision on 
<clears throat> have I made a decision? Yeah, I thought I had made a decision, but watching Sterling in the last two internationals, I don't know. Look, looking at the stats, like, I don't know. To me, it's it's Aguero or it's Sterling. It's Fulham or Cardiff. I think you'd be mad to look anywhere else. Look, in the last four starts, Aguero has four goals and one assist. He has a 3.65 XGI. And I was looking at different stats. 31 penalty touches, Aguero. 28 Sterling, which is very close. 13 shots in box, Aguero. 10 shots in box, Sterling. Very close again. Six big chances, Aguero. Four big chances, Sterling. But then we, we look at Raheem. And I think he was actually, was he a sub for one of them games? He's, he's definitely played less minutes. He scored a hat-trick against Czech Republic. He ran the show again the other night, a goal and assist in their game against Montenegro, was it? I don't know. I wasn't watching, too busy watching Conor Hooran against Gibraltar in Georgia. He's our star man now, which is great <laughs> to see. But um, look, yeah, Sterling had three starts and one sub and Aguero had four starts, but when I look at uh, Sterling's stats, like he's had five goals and one assist, which is absolutely insane too. He has a 2.93 XGI, which on the base of it doesn't look as good as Aguero. He's had more chances created, four chances created to Kun's uh, three chances created, and he's had created one big chance. But then uh, i just seen a stat that was interesting. Obviously, on the eye test, Sterling looks the better player at the moment. He's the player in form. He looks like he just looks the man. Like he's never done anything for England before. The amount of times I've backed him for England that like just serious odds because he's always so massive for England to score the first goal or score any time and stuff. But this is the first time he's really took the mantle as like their main player, which is great to see. But when you look at the really? XG none. What? Can I just stop you there? Fucking Englishman. Yeah. Traitor. You'll be back in Declan Rice to score next, so you will. <laughs> I'll be back in Declan Rice if I think I could win 10 quid I'd back Declan Rice. Yeah, sorry. No, no uh, but the main thing I've seen is like I looked at the, the expected goal and non-penalty and it's uh, 2.8 Sterling, 1.46 Aguero. So uh, if I didn't, I just think that Aguero is more nailed. I think Jesus has been doing the business for Brazil. I think is uh, Kun's off in his on off in his nice little holiday home in is it California? He's one of these guys. I could I bet thousand euro that he's going to play in the MLS when his his contract at Man City ends. He's after having a lovely little break there, and I think you just have to go with with Aguero, don't you? The sensible head on me says Aguero, but I think I wouldn't put anyone off Sterling either. Like it's it's actually it's it's competition for the first time in a long time, which is is good to see. A nice old fashioned coin flip. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. What now, do you think? Just, I, I'm going to be a bit more simple. I looked into the stats. When I'm weighing it up, Aguero, a rest during the international period. He's on penalties. I think he's going to play both games. They have to win both of them. They need to put as much pressure on Poole as they can. And with Liverpool yeah. playing Spurs, they could drop points. And I can't see Pep fecking around and, you know, picking two completely different teams. So I, I agree. I think Aguero on the flip yeah. side to that, you have Sterling. He's definitely the foreman. He's in the form of his life. Um, does he get an extra point per goal? He has the clean sheet point potential, which you have to take into account. Weighing it up, I'm just going to be a little bit safer and go Aguero between the two, I think. That's my mm. uh, my gut instinct at the minute. Now, I might look into it as the week goes on, 
I'm, I think I'm off work Friday, so I'm probably going to just pick my free hit team then and I'll give it a few hours and I might change my mind. I thought, I thought we were going to go for uh, uh, nine holes on the golf course on Friday, Drew, no? I can do both. Do you know, there's 24 hours in the day. <laughs> True. Not when you have two children, but I suppose for you, yeah. living the dream. Just to take you up, I might take you up on that uh, thousand euro bet that Aguero goes to play in the MLS because I don't think you will. I will gladly put a thousand euro on with you that Aguero will play in the MLS before his career ends. Okay. I think he's going to go back to Argentina to play for fucking some. Independiente. Independiente, yeah. Like one when Pablo Angel went back to River Plate. Yeah. Now maybe I think he went to play in the MLS. Yeah, we'll discuss this uh, off, off air, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Emotions are running and it might be kind of being a bit of a Billy Big Balls and regret putting a thousand euro bet afterwards. So I'm gonna mm. pass on that for now. But I would just like to bring in, and we've alluded to it, Hazard into the argument. Um, you've yeah. talked about all the stats. You've talked about his record against those two teams. He's coming into a bit of form uh, for Belgium. There, he's on penalties again. He's a midfielder, so he has those extra potential points for goals and clean sheets and what, what are yeah. in Cardiff away Brighton at home who are going to be distracted by the FA Cup just something in my head and I probably need you to talk me down is saying the season's over like I've just fallen beyond uh, repair maybe I should just take a point a punt on hazard or do you think just play it safe and the chips will move me back up the table yeah but I just think like people are on about oh like even Crooks was like, oh, you're so template. Why are you playing the template? Like, lads, you just got to realize that Twitter isn't the 6 million people or 4.2 million people that are playing, that are playing FPL. Like, like, what percentage of people played their free hit last week? Like, realistically, probably there's, I don't know, is there max 30% of people playing their free hit this week? If you play the template team and it does really well, you're probably going to have massive, massive gains. Like, I, I don't know. I think these players are template for a reason because all like the top FEL players have looked at the players that are playing this game week and they're like have the highest probability of getting the most points so personally I'm like just pick a safe captain pick Aguero pick Sterling use your brain pick eight or nine of the template players and maybe maybe two differentials as it says for me it's it's maybe Silva and Batshuayi I don't know who it is for you but like I think two or three differentials is well enough in this game week. And I think just, just play it safe and you'll see a nice green arrow, Drew, and you'll have all your chips still to come. You have your wild card in 34, your bench boost in 35. You're still right in the wave. A top 10 finish is, is well within your grasp. I, I like the sound of that. And look, you made a good point there. Uh, you have to remember, Twitter is like a tiny subsection of FPL players. It's, a, it's so easy just to see everyone's free hit team, see everyone doing the same thing and go, why am I doing this? I'm not going to come anywhere if I'm just the same as all these people. But it is just You're a not. tiny fraction of players. You really aren't. And you see some people going out of their way going, oh, why would I do a template team? I'm going all differential. But like the template yeah. free hit team on Twitter is differential when it comes to the, the, the wider scheme of things, I suppose. Yeah, without a doubt. And them 11 players, like how much, like way too much research and analysis has gone into coming up with that template team, in my opinion. Like there's loads of 
obsessive, addictive people just like us who like think about FPL way too much and they're not like the other four million people in the world. Yeah, like, and how the fuck are you meant to fit in a Norwegian FPL? I just don't get it. I do. And you know, probably like because like I'm such a statistics person, but like my favorite part of like uh, FPL, even though I always do shit at the start, it's like uh, going through all the preseason games and all the analysis, like and trying to like uh, examining the, the pre-statistics and coming up with a team to start with. Like, I, like I'm playing FPL from like uh, from as soon as preseason starts. So I've no time for uh, Elitizarian. Yeah. I agree with that. And I suppose we've talked enough about the Norwegian FPL. I could talk about that all day, but it would just be me ranting and not really understanding what people are on about. So yeah. we move on to one of our uh, weekly sections. It used to be a weekly section when we used to run an, a weekly FPL account, but it's our Renegades captain's poll. And we're just looking for a differential captain, someone who won't be widely captained, but might score big and... This is as good a, a week as any to come back into it because we've double game weeks galore and multiple options. Have you had to think about it? I've had to think about it and I'm doing something very non willyish I'm picking my first ever defender. Well, maybe I picked Matt Doherty, but he's not really a defender. But anyway, I've went for Jeffrey Slough, 4.5 million. Last four matches, three assists. Huddersfield at home, Spurs away. Last four game weeks. Five attempts, three in the box, eight chances created, 1.1 XGI. And more than anything, like he's playing out of position in tackle midfield. But the one thing when I watch him play, forget about the stats. This lad passed the eye test. He's like uh, he's like uh, Zaha number two, isn't he? Like to me, like he's just... just he's what? He's saying he looks the same as Zaha. No, he's saying he plays the same as Zaha <laughs> and he's a defender. That has a striker. Like he's an absolutely oh. super option. He was actually um was he rested in the African game there? He was he, I don't think he played any minutes. So that's obviously because Roy Hedgehogson said this guy is so important. <laughs> Give him a rest. Let him play for Palace in the game some matter. Okay, I'll stop you there because we've we're going way over time here. Uh my renegade captain is from the same team and it's gonna be Zaha. It's a way less renegade than yours, but when people are going mad for the City Boys, Hazard, a few United guys, I think Zaha will sneak into our criteria. I don't think he's going to be captained enough and I'll be able to pick him. And we've already talked about the the upside of Palace's games and what he can do for them. So I think Zaha could be a sneaky one home to Huddersfield. I also think he'll fancy, you know, doing damage to Spurs. First game in the the new stadium you know he seems to love Palace but I'm sure he would love a move to a bigger club and you know yeah, there's lots to be not talking going to Spurs in the past doesn't there yeah and I think it'd be a, a decent sign and we were kind of talking about Memphis Depay earlier kind of being at United at the wrong time under the wrong manager I think Saha might have been the same because I think he could do a job for a big team did he bang my sister or something or Jordan <laughs> <laughs> sister I hope not there's something to do with that, isn't there? I'm going to get done for live. But like, uh, Zaha's an absolute legend. Uh, I, heard, I heard it was daughter, but I hope it was sister, because that's hilarious. <laughs> Moisey with long hair. <laughs> God. I don't know. Um, and again, look, we, I think we said it the, the last podcast, but we didn't do it. We'll look to get our Renegade squad back up and running, because we're running out of weeks, and if we don't do it, 
Uh, I think it's FPL Green Arrow Bettis by the most. He's just going to win by default and we probably need to give other people a, a chance at winning. So our yeah. Renegade squad, just the three of us, and believe it or not, there are three of us, even though Kirks has never been on. He probably never will be on, but he is he is involved in picking the squad. So, yeah, he's building a house and he has a good job. So he's just, he's just not involved. But he's got no hair. So... I think he has. Oh. He looks about 40. Ah, you're being kind. Oh, like you're being 50. kind. Yeah, probably 40. 60. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, so look, what we do is we combine our three squads and we play off against a follower. It's just your game week team against ours. Loads of points up for grabs in double game week 32. And why do we do it? Because there's a prize and the prize is a 50 euro Amazon voucher and a Renegades mug. So we'll put up a post during the week. If you, if you want to play us, just uh, declare your interest in some shape or form and we'll pick someone and give you a game. Like I said, nine points is the score to beat. So I think you can do it. At the end, I think I, I'm afraid to check how long this is going to be, but do you have anything you, you want to add? I hope not. I shouldn't even give you the option. No one. I'm done. It's like, like, how do we talk so much? It's like, this could be like an hour and a half. An hour and a half? I'm worried it could be four hours, Willie. It seems like we've been here all night. So, fucking, fucking hell, I'm going to use my uh, editorial powers and we're going we're gonna to end this one now. So, that is a wrap. Episode 17 in the bag. Do check us out on our Twitter page. It's the FPL Renegades podcast at Renegades FPL. Share it around. Tell everyone. Uh, we always joke about having four followers. We actually, this is a confession, we have five now, Willie. But it would be great to get a few more. Yeah, I'm just fucking loving it. Like, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it so much. And hopefully, we can keep on uh, increasing our followers over the coming months and years, even. That's a, that's a bold statement. You're kind of tying yourself into a long term contract there, an eight year contract. I'm like Ed Woodward. And I'm going to sign you up for eight years. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, like Willie said, uh, we do appreciate everyone listening. Uh, you know, the more people that listen, the more inspired we get to do more and more. And we do enjoy these Tuesday nights. So, good luck and good night. Cheers, guys. Thank you.